0: Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. The topic for today is the Connecticut State Police and some of the issues facing them these days, and that is a fake ticket scandal. And for the first time this week, lawmakers held a hearing to get some answers after an audit found some pretty disturbing uh, results uh, and numbers regarding uh, fake tickets. So we wanted to welcome Uh, Representative Steve Staffstrom, who is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, to talk about what lawmakers learned from this hearing as we go forward. So thank you for joining us here on Real Talk.
1: Thanks for having Susan.
0: It was a long hearing. Um, Do you think that lawmakers were able to get some of the answers that they were hoping to get?
1: So I think we got some answers, but I think we also still have more questions than answers at this stage. Uh, What we know right now is there are a number of troopers, uh, several dozen at least, who have significant anomalies in their uh, reported statistics of of infractions issued. Um, that, That could mean that they either underreported or overreported the number of tickets they issued, which not only throws off our racial profiling statistics, but creates sort of a whole host of problems in the metrics of traffic stops over the last 10 years, how many stops there's been, what the trend lines have been, and really calls into question the ethics of those troopers. And what we really need at this point is to get to the bottom of why. And we still don't know why uh, these numbers were and and these tickets were falsified in the way that they were.
0: I want to take a a step back when you mentioned ethics. And that's really true. I mean, you talk about law enforcement. These are people that uh, we respect. And and it's a very basic level. Some troopers lied uh, for whatever reason. so And that's an ethical issue when you have that, for law enforcement, right?
1: Yeah, so we're not sure of the exact number yet, but there are anywhere from four to 130 officers, potentially more, who lied in reporting how many traffic stops they made and how many tickets they wrote. Um, You know, did they do that in order to throw off the racial profiling statistics? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I think a lot of folks think the reason they did it may be in order to make themselves look better on performance reviews or to get better assignments, or uh, we heard testimony that some officers may have inflated their statistics in order to get newer or better service vehicles to use on the road. But whatever the reason an officer uh, falsified the data, it creates A crisis of confidence, not just in the public at large, but also when it comes to arrests that those officers make and their ability to testify in court. It goes to their credibility and really hampers their ability to do their job effectively on behalf of the folks in the state of Connecticut. I want to be clear obviously, we are not talking about every state trooper. Of Um, course. Any number of state troopers who serve very honorably, work very hard, but we need to get to the bottom of the ones who have not in order to root that out of the system.
0: Right. And there are more than, what, 800 uh, state troopers. And it's my understanding a lot of this falsifying tickets uh, has dropped off significantly. But we heard uh, this week that it was a culture of being pressured uh, to write Tickets. Even um, the union's general counsel uh, mentioned, you know, better cars, better assignments, and I believe admitted that he had done this at one point also. Uh, So that gives you a sense that this has been going on for a long time. And it wasn't until these four troopers got caught uh, that it shed a light on what's been going on.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, this had been going on at least since 2014. Um, We don't have statistics before that, but at least since 2014 and continued through uh, 2018 through 2020. And in fact, we still have data statistical anomalies into 22 and I suspect into 2023 as well.
0: One of the things I think this is a hard story for a lot of people to follow, because when they hear fake tickets or falsified information, they think that these are tickets that were given out to someone. And it's important to note that it wasn't. But I took issue with Colonel Malikus's statement to uh, lawmakers and to us that, well, you know, this this didn't go to anyone. It didn't hurt anyone. But there was damage. Uh, done. And that is it skewed racial data because many or a majority of these tickets said white. So all of the data that's been collected over the past few years uh, has issues with it because of that. But again, on its premise, these particular troopers, however many there are, lied. So I don't think it's just as simple to say, well, you know, they weren't given to anybody. It was just yeah, put in a database. Not,
1: this is not a victimless crime. Right. I mean, Correct. individuals might not have gotten a ticket in the mail, had to show up in court or paid a fine. That, that is true. But it is still not a victimless crime. I mean, essentially, what has happened is all of our data, both on the racial profiling and on the number of stops over the last 10 years, is essentially worthless. So the data that lawmakers and uh, administrative officials have been using to try to shape public policy is is essentially false uh and we need to go back and take a look at that so where we think there may have been a fall off in traffic stops or we think there may have been um an improvement in uh in in statistics as in terms of the disparity between african americans being stopped as opposed to white folks being stopped that's all called into question and we uh And so we've been making public policy based on false premises, which is not which therefore the victim to this is the state as a whole.
0: And from what we heard during this hearing, there was an intent to manipulate the racial profiling data. I mean, they could have put down any race, but a majority put down white. So what does that say to you?
1: Well, I think, again, we really need to get to the intent of this. I think what it says to me is, um, you know, I don't want to impugn the motives of any individual officer until we've conducted a full and thorough investigation. But at the same time, um, there certainly was intent to falsify here. We just don't know how deep or why at this point. Uh, and that's what I really pushed uh, uh, the commissioner of public safety on yesterday is to get us specifically how many officers do they believe intentionally falsified data and get that to assume.
0: And we heard certain troops had more, uh, you know, falsified tickets than others, Eastern Connecticut, Westbrook. So there were captains, there were lieutenants who were definitely knowledgeable about what was happening uh, should they be accountable? I mean, if they
1: well, absolutely they... this doesn't stop just with the officers who are doing it. it, it goes up a chain of command because it's either a failure to supervise or uh, an intentional program or intentional um, uh, culture of allowing this false falsification to go forward.
0: If it's found that, you know, some troopers deliberately did this, should the public have a right to know who those troopers are? They are paid for by taxpayer dollars and they defrauded the taxpayers of Connecticut.
1: Absolutely. And not just uh, does the public have the right to know, but those officers need to be decertified under the police accountability bill we passed in 2020. We expanded the grounds to decertify a police officer and decertification means that the individual can no longer have police powers anywhere in the state of Connecticut. So it's more than just being fired from the state police, but it means the individual could not then go work for a municipal police department. Every officer who intentionally falsified data must be decertified as undermining public confidence.
0: Because that is a provision or a part of the police accountability bill. If you are lying, that is a, you know, a fireable offense. And would it affect your pension in any way?
1: Uh, Potentially, yes. Okay.
0: Uh, The other question I had was, I know that there's a federal investigation and subpoenas have gone out uh, to the uh, public safety, to the commissioner. He confirmed that. Uh, And it's complicated, but it's my understanding that the Department of Transportation, because Connecticut gets federal money for highways, that if these troopers uh, committed a violation in a way, Connecticut uh, may have to give some of that money back. Is that correct? Or how how do you understand that?
1: So we don't know at this point. um, I'm not privy to what the federal investigation is going on. Um, you know, the feds are going to do what the feds are going to do. But we as a state legislature have an obligation to the citizens and taxpayers of Connecticut to get to the bottom of this, irrespective of what the feds do or don't do.
0: And I want to follow up with the police accountability bill. It didn't come up a whole lot during the hearing, but I believe Andy Matthews, the general counsel for the union poked at it, kind of implying that because of mandates or certain things uh, that, you know, there might've been an intent to, to pressure, but let's be honest. I mean, the police accountability bill wasn't in place in 2014. Uh, but one of the provisions of the police accountability bill uh, now allows uh, the media to FOI, internal affairs uh, investigation, something that the state police has been shielded from for many years. Municipal police departments have been different. Uh, so now that we had those records uh, and that's how it came to light with these four troopers, uh, which prompted the independent audit. So I think it's fair to say without that provision and transparency, we may not even know what had been going on or we wouldn't have this hearing like we had this week.
1: Yeah, let's let's be clear. Right. Um, This Connecticut State Police Union and Mr. Matthews, in in particular, fought hard against the police accountability bill in 2020. Um, Obviously, I was one of the champions and supporters of of that legislation and believed the state was absolutely in the right to pass it and, and frankly was a national leader by passing that legislation. There are several provisions of that law that are critically important to the situation we're dealing with now certainly the ability to FOI records and, and to bring this matter to a head from the get-go. Uh, I already touched on the fact that prior to the passage of the police accountability bill, it's not clear that these officers, even if they had falsified records, would have been eligible for decertification. Now they certainly are because we added a provision that said you could be decertified for undermining public confidence, which clearly this is. Um, I would also note that there's a suggestion that prior to say twenty eighteen even twenty twenty some of the officers were falsifying data to meet traffic stop quotas. Traffic stop quotas were outlawed were outlawed as part of the police accountability bill as well, and the police accountability bill expanded upon our racial uh, upon the Alvin Penn law and our racial profiling prohibition statutes so That law um, really, in some respects, was uh, a solution to this problem that we didn't know we had at the, we didn't specifically know we had at that time, Um, but certainly the tools in in that law are allowing us to bring this matter to a head.
0: Right. It's interesting. I had a conversation with Craig Fishbein yesterday, your colleague, a Republican who didn't like many of the provisions of the police accountability bill, but certainly supported, I think, transparency. Uh, and uh, this was something, again, if if it had not been in that bill, we may we may not know about those four troopers and uh, that there was an even bigger problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, oftentimes the Republicans say they don't like provisions of the bill. Um, but I think, I think really there may be two provisions, three provisions of the entire police accountability bill that were controversial. Um, the vast, vast, vast majority of that bill, uh, had general bipartisan support and, and I think is, is really paying benefits for the state of Connecticut.
0: Uh, Representative Tony Walker had some pretty, uh, grilling questions yesterday pertaining to the four troopers who, uh, were caught falsifying tickets. Uh, and three of them have retired, uh, and took that option with full pensions. Um, and I think her point was that, you know, they just were able to walk away. So under the new, uh, police accountability bill, that may not happen. Is that right?
1: Right. Uh, we would seek decertification of those officers. As I mentioned, they would not be able to serve in the state uh, in any police department. You know, what we have now sometimes or prior to the police accountability bill and decertification was an officer retires or is fired from one police department and then goes to work for another one, uh, which certainly doesn't solve the issue. I mean, you know, we have one trooper that, that it's been reported um, it appears that 87% of his quote unquote traffic stops were fabricated. So think about that. You're sitting in a police car all week. You say you stopped a hundred cars, but you actually only stopped 13 in order to pad your statistics. You know, if, if any, any other job, uh, if somebody were to stop, to only do thirteen percent of their job and then sit around for eighty-seven percent of the rest of the time and say, "Oh no, no, no! I worked those hours, or, or I, you know, I, 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 I filled all the orders I was supposed to. I made all the widgets I was supposed to." You'd be fired in a heartbeat, um, and that's essentially what we're dealing with here: is folks who are making, you know, six-figure salaries um, with six-figure pensions uh, who some of which were not doing uh, the job they were paid to do.
0: And I think on that note, I mean, just the bigger picture of someone actually sitting in front of a computer or wherever and putting in fake fictitious information, if you were to do that at work or any other place, you probably would not be employed anymore. So I think that on its basic level is, is really, how big of an issue do you see this, you know, is this making you know? It's maybe it's a few officers, maybe it's a hundred and thirty. We don't know, but it is enough to rock the boat.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a big issue because of public confidence in our state police. You know, as was said by the commissioner yesterday, you know, it, it, credibility is broken in a moment, and it takes a long time to rebuild. And so, what we need to do is get to the bottom of this. Make sure we root out the folks who are involved with it and start to rebuild credibility and public confidence in our state police.
0: Politically, do you think this could be damaging? I think probably Governor Lamont is glad this didn't happen maybe in his reelection campaign. Uh, but, the, but the reality is, I think people will want to see things done. And if people broke the law or did something wrong, they should lose their jobs. Do you think that some higher ups, whether they're commissioner, colonels, that they uh, may ultimately be held accountable and responsible for this since they're in charge of the ship? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I will say I think the governor has handled this very well. I think he's been, uh, out in front on it. I think Commissioner Rivella has handled it very well in, in terms of saying, you know, we are going to get to the bottom of this and, and, uh, that this is, this is disgusting and needs to be dealt with severely. And so I think the proof will be in the pudding in terms of, um, how quickly we get to the bottom of this and how quickly uh, and and forcefully uh, police deal, the state police deal with things. I mean, you know, I think there was a lot of disgust on the, on the part of legislators yesterday, learning that the four officers in 2018, two were allowed to retire, and two essentially got slapped on the wrist. Um, that was under a different command structure than we're under now. So I think it's important to remember that, that that was not, um, that was not this, the, the Colonel current colonel who made that decision. And so, um, you know, it's hard to pin blame on him for a decision that was made before he got there. You know, I think one of the interesting things that I heard yesterday was, you know, it seemed like there were some of my colleagues trying to sort of poke holes in the audit report and say, well, did you consider this? Did you consider that? And, And, you know, I guess the point of that was to say, well, maybe it wasn't twenty six thousand falsified tickets it was only twenty two thousand falsified tickets, but in my mind, that doesn't that's no better right um so maybe it's a couple more, maybe it's a couple less. I think there was a very conservative methodology used by uh the racial profiling project. In fact, the number of falsified tickets could have been significantly higher than twenty six thousand but whatever way you slice it, there is a significant number of falsified tickets. Um, and instead of looking at the exact number or the methodology used to come up with that number, we need to figure out who was involved and what their intent was. That's right. And let's,
0: going. let's be honest, Ken Barone and his team, they're, it's not a hack job. They, this is what they do for a living. Uh, they've done audits on many things. So, I mean, you could look at uh, different numbers in different ways, but that doesn't negate the fact that we have a problem on our hands. Absolutely. Where where do we go going forward? So the governor has uh, hired Deirdre Daly, who is uh, a former U.S. attorney here in Connecticut, um, or was. Uh, She's going to do a more thorough investigation. Uh, I would imagine we'll have some more answers uh, after her report uh, is done, Uh, but it could take several weeks or or months. Uh, So, And as this drags on, I truly believe that the reputation of the state police has been damaged.
1: Yeah, it has. Um, And like I said, I mean, what we need to do as lawmakers is to help build public confidence back in our state police. And the way to do that is to provide full, frank, honest answers to what happened, who was involved, uh, to make sure those folks are no longer police officers in our state, um and to uh, uh and and to start to rebuild confidence that way
0: right and you know to bring it into full perspective i think and i believe when governor rell was in office there were some issues with the state police then they brought in a new york uh, investigative team there were some issues with internal affairs reports some racial profiling so you know there there have been bumps and bruises uh along the way right? I mean, Lamont's not the only governor to face controversy there.
1: No, that that's correct. Um, and I think the other thing to keep in mind here is, you know, police officers, state police officers now, again, going back to the police accountability bill, have to be post-certified. They didn't used to have to go through the through uh, post for certification. And so there will be additional scrutiny as opposed to the pol- the state police just doing their own certification process.
0: Right. And I'll just leave you with this. You know, some will say, well, this happened a long time ago. Uh, but there was a recent case with Chris Melanson, who is a trooper who is now suspended uh, because uh, of an internal affairs investigation which found that he wrote a 1,000 uh, tickets. I don't believe they were fictitious fictitious, but he put Native American on all of them. Uh, I was told that he was warned not to do this and kept doing that. So what does that say to you? I mean, that, you know, you're talked to, then this it disturbing.
1: It, it, arrogance. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what possesses somebody to do that, um, but certainly not somebody who should be representing the state of Connecticut in, in capacity.
0: And what do you think going forward after this investigation? Do you think that some of the uh, recommendations will that there will be an annual review of some of the numbers, more checks and balances to make sure that this doesn't happen again?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think there also needs to be structural changes to how the data is entered into the system. Um, I mean, some of the recommendations that came out of this report were to automate more of the process so that... Unfortunately, we're not relying as much on, um, on the troopers to be, uh, be truthful in entering the data and have it be more, more of an automated process.
0: All right, Representative Steve Staffstrom, thank you for joining us on Real Talk. Um, plenty more to come uh, on this, right? And uh, thank you very much for helping us and our viewers and listeners understand what's going on, and uh, stay in touch, please. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Real Talk, everybody. Thanks for listening.